0: It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle yourselves in.
1: Hello and welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. It's July, it's now the new season, and we're going into our sixth of covering the NFL from a Scottish point of view. We're going to kick things off, a couple of things to talk about, a couple of things have been going on, a bit of news to share with people. Uh, and to do all that, I'm joined by the only people left in the country, because half the team's buggered off on holiday. Um, we'll come to that in just a minute. But good evening to Jamie Porthwick and Gordon McGuinness. I've never felt so damned with faint praise. <laughs> So we got pictures of um Mr. Patterson, a lovely, beautiful, watery scene in Croatia. We've had photos uh from Paul uh of the Superdome in New Orleans. After, and then, after
2: he eventually got to New Orleans.
1: After eventually and we'll save that for a future pod because that's going to be content worth hearing. But in fact, let's not let's agree now. Nobody ask him about it until <laughs> he's on a podcast that <laughs> we're recording. Because we need that raw, we need that raw emotion. Um And then we got a picture from Ian Stephen of him in a nondescript part of Scotland, I think, uh, on a boat moving at pace. So I've no idea where he is. But um, we've had a summer of seeing his barbecue antics. Uh, Let me tell you, we'll be getting Ian Stephen with a grill at the next live event because some of that food he's been sending us in the group chat. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, doesn't work for a podcast. So let's get stuck into things. Uh, and Jamie, let's go back first of all because we shared some of this on social media. Well, I did. You shared it to the the nation on the television, which is way better. But we were um, invited along to uh, attend an event in Edinburgh as the Chicago Bears brought their mini-monsters tour to Edinburgh and engaged I think, 300 children. It took place at Juniper Green Primary. But basically, they brought a whole load of kit along, the sort of stuff that you see out on the training field for players, and the kids got to engage with it. We were invited along. It was a brilliant event.
3: It was absolutely fantastic to see just how much the kids loved it. They they were getting stuck in. They were chanting for each other. They were encouraged to kind of, you know, huddle after every rotation. They had their chants going. Uh, They had some brilliant coaches there who were just the most enthusiastic and passionate guys I've ever seen. Um, And and it was brilliant. And when they talked about, you know, we'd love these guys to keep playing American football, we'd love them, maybe one day to start a class in it. You did actually believe it was possible. You did actually believe, seeing that enthusiasm out there on on, on that wee Astrofield at Juniper Green, that these kids were being captured by it.
1: And it wasn't even like, it wasn't a token gesture. This was a serious set of kit. Like the van, the the truck that they're in is a big branded Chicago Bears truck. Uh, Justin Fields and a couple of other players, I can't remember exactly who, um, on the side of it, um all done in a sort of cartoon, obviously this very much focused at kids the kit everything they're giving away merch everything's branded the Bears they had a big bears sign and a big Amb sign. there was money put into this this is a proper uh serious amount of effort to try and build engagement in the game for people from a very young age
3: absolutely and I, I spoke to a few of the kids uh made for 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 brilliant little sound bites on the television and asked them all what their favorite bit was and my goodness, all of them loved getting stuck into those tackle bags. There was ones oh, like Weebles that bounce back up again, and some of them were absolutely annihilating them. It was brilliant. I mean, like it was it was like a cue to get a go at it and just smash into this thing.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> bit of, of end-of-term frustration, maybe.
1: It was great as well, because not only did they bring some kit and and some uh, training gear for the the kids to take part, they also brought a Super Bowl winner. So Sean Gale was in Edinburgh as well. Uh, And what a great guy. We've got a short clip with him coming up in just a minute. But he couldn't have, you know, he's happy to just stand and chat. He was engaging with the kids. Brilliant energy from him as well.
3: Outstanding going round. And I think he signed every single T-shirt. Yeah, so that's you know three hundred of them, and he's gone round and he's signed every single one, giving every single kid a little bit of his time. And you know what? I came across that that, that he's got a passion for this as well. Obviously, he's, he's he's been in the UK a long time. He kind of understands the culture here as well as our relationship with the sport of uh, of American football. Um, and and I just got a very genuine sense that there was an excitement about him about it. You know, he he, he was genuinely getting exercised about the fact that that. He was bringing a lot of joy to these kids in, in a sport that they they wouldn't grow up with. One or two of them and watched one or two games. That that's it. This was their first exposure, um, and to see the the pleasure, the enthusiasm that um, was bringing. Boys and girls, you know, you had um, you know all kind of different walks of life there that were that were just getting stuck in and having that shared experience together.
2: He's always seemed like of all the people that Sky have had on that have been ex-players. And probably the reason why he's stuck around is that it never felt like he was just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to get paid to go on this TV channel for this niche thing. Like he's been quite into help and explain things to people. And like, I like the way he talks about his experiences, but the way he tries to explain plays and stuff like that comes across really well.
1: He, he He's an intellectual speaker. Uh, Sky have often had players where perhaps the personality is what carries them more than the content they're providing. Whereas I feel like with Sean Gale, the content he provides is great. And he delivers it in a way that's really just easy to engage with. I, I think he is definitely one of the better pundits. Uh, is now based in London. So hopefully we'll be seeing him again on Sky next year. I'm sure we absolutely will. But you know what? We got a quick opportunity to catch up with him. So this is what he had to say. So excited to be standing here in Edinburgh with Super Bowl winning Sean Gale. Welcome back to Scotland, first of
4: all. It's good to be here. In fact, it's this miracle weather that we have and I I just like to bottle it up and and keep it here for a month or two. It's like this all
1: the time. Don't let anyone tell you anything else. Um, You're up here with the Bears, a fantastic event on here in Edinburgh for the kids here. What is it all about?
4: You know, the NFL and their expansion throughout Europe continues. Me, personally, I'm so happy that the Bears, of course, have the UK as part of their uh, network. And today, to come out, spend some time with the younger generation, make sure that they understand the value of team sports, especially American football, and it's something there for everyone. Here, these kids are enjoying these drills. Uh, It doesn't matter if they're a boy or a girl, or tall or short, nothing like that. It's just about having fun and believing in what you do and, and enjoying the time. And of course, we wanna emphasize the whole Play 60 concept, and that is making sure that they get 60 minutes a day of activity, they eat healthy food, and they make sure they stay hydrated. And the kids are clearly loving it, that it's noisy, every
1: single one of them engaging here. Is that That must be great for you to see.
4: It is, it is, because you know, uh, if you play in the NFL for a while, you get approached to do a lot of different things. And we've been to different camps where there's full contact, there's all guys out there just trying to emulate what they think a professional football player should be. But this is more important when it comes down to making sure that the game itself reaches As far as it can, as far as individuals, uh, both men and women, uh, young and old, whoever, would enjoy the competition and watching it and learning by doing some of the drills as these kids are learning right now.
1: And clearly you're putting the fun into fundamentals here because these kids are having a great time. Um, For you personally though, having played for the Bears for such a big part of your career, how important is it for you to be able to come
4: across the world and and represent the team? This thing fell into place uh, (laughs) when they when they won the area of, I mean, uh, the area of uh, the UK and Spain, as far as the, the marketing rights, I was elated. I, and in the fact that uh, they had mentioned to me that if that happens, they would come approach me about, you know, getting more involved. I, at that time, I didn't know what it entailed, but I couldn't envision myself standing here with a bunch of kids <laughs> having a good time like this. So it has, it has all worked out.
1: And obviously, a part of this is going to be, you know, half an eye on the bears growing their market over here. We're looking- looking at future Bears fans running around here. That's a big part of this as well.
4: Exactly, you know, uh, earlier I was talking to some people and the true value in approaching these these young minds is once you get them rooting for your team now, that's a lifetime commitment because I found out firsthand the fans here in the UK, when they commit to a team, they're committed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how much have you seen it in the growth of the game then even in your time in the UK? You've been here coming over now for a while. Um, how have you seen it grow?
4: I've seen it, f- first game, the first, I think, sanctioned, um, see, there you go, see, see? Huh? The first sanctioned preseason game uh, in, in, in Europe, and this is the first one, was in 1986, we played the Dallas Cowboys after we won the Super Bowl. And so we saw, we got a taste then of the, 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 the growing curiosity and, and, and how the fans here uh, embrace the game jump to today it is unbelievable i mean no one could foresee this happening at this level and the fact that the games are being played on a regular basis uh, now in germany and mexico and things like that it's just just tremendous the nfl they've done a fantastic job
1: yeah and it continues to go from strength to strength so exciting we've got great games this year no bears this time but it could have a good season the bears this
4: year always hopeful. Yep. Uh, you have to be. You have to be. If, if, if you've spent time in Chicago, you know, it's the law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, um, I, a lot of pressure on the team. Uh, they had some change in management, uh, You know, new GM. You come off a, a really solid season by a young quarterback. He needs protection. So what do you do? You want to make sure that he has that protection. There's a lot of pressure on that team to trade away that number number one pick with all these different scenarios that they painted, but they stayed true to what they felt was um, what they needed. And that was a, a solid connection with an offense, some consistency, keeping their quarterback healthy, hmm. and, and build the defense. That's what they're going to do.
1: And obviously with Aaron Rodgers leaving the division, that's the big story this year. Is this the year that the Bears get back on top? Natural order is what we sometimes like to call it.
4: <laughs> Things have got to swing back in our favor yeah. sooner or later, right? Yeah. So, so now it's sooner. Um. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I got to tell you, the emergence of the the, the Detroit Lions and and their foundation and what they've done, uh, you you have to respect that. I just think it comes down to the Bears staying focused, and they have to make sure that they create that identity so everyone knows who they're facing on Sunday, and we've done that for years with a a solid running attack and a a, a great stable defense. If we can turn up that that knob just a bit more on defense and the offense, I, I think they're going to be something to with.
1: and then let's talk about you then obviously the super take your back to your Super Bowl winning self a young man at that time did you ever imagine that your career would have taken you to where you are now no idea <laughs> no idea
4: um, I mean I was I have to tell you I look back at those days and and I think um, uh, yeah. You have to take it day by day. You never know what's gonna happen. And and I always believed in that. And, and that be able, well, to be fortunate enough to play uh, for 12 years in the league and 11 of those years in Chicago and win a Super Bowl at such a, a young age and be fortunate enough to be the captain for that team. I mean, for, for me, it's, it was a dream come true. A dream, a dream that I really didn't have, but once you look back on it, you ask yourself, how could that possibly have happened? Yeah. I've been so fortunate brilliant well listen we'll get you back to these kids who are
1: desperate to engage with you we've seen so many coming up giving you hugs And it's brilliant to see you spending the time with the kids as well so thank you for coming to Scotland thank you for introducing the future Bear fans to the game as well so great to see you sir
4: thank you thanks for talking to me
1: great to hear from Sean there uh, and Jamie you know these kids a lot of them don't, didn't know American football like you say they went in with it both feet first uh, and, and literally at times both feet first you know they were flinging themselves around Um, they got to basically meet the equivalent of, like, a Champions League winner uh, by hanging out with Sean Gale. He won a Super Bowl. Like, there is no higher level that he could have got. And more importantly, he did it with the Bears. Like, that's a small (laughs) collection of people. So, fantastic for for those kids. They may not even realise it yet, but that's the sort of thing in the future they may well look back and go, oh, God, i got to meet a guy that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember as a kid maybe being
3: introduced if I was at a a football camp or cricket camp, tennis, you'd meet guys who'd played a bit of pro and it was actually, it was almost like impossible to relate because they, they're in a sort of teacherly position and, and and as we've talked about with Sean, he he processes and then delivers information so well that, that he would have had that sort of uh, command of them. You could see when he was introduced by um, Gustavo Silva, who was the uh, youth football and community manager for the Chicago Shag- Bears, who basically runs the Mini Monsters um, camps, Um immediately he had their attention. He, he was over there and they were all listening to every single word they had to say. Um, and that, that's so great. This, before that day, they probably wouldn't have known him from, from anyone else down the street, um, but they were listening. They were taking in that information. Um, and I, I don't think that it would have been half the, the success it was and captured as many imaginations as it did without Sean's uh, yoke and a dedication to that side of it.
1: We got the opportunity to speak to Gustavo Silva as well briefly, so this is what he had to say manager of youth community and football programs Gustavo Silva joining us on the Stramash podcast. Welcome back to Scotland first of all. Second trip we just talked about this but for you how exciting is it to be back here bringing the NFL to kids here in Edinburgh?
0: It's tremendously exciting you know we're, we're excited to be back uh, we did a tour last year so this is our second time you know in the UK uh, second time in Scotland so we're excited to be here at Juniper Green we got 300 kids that we're going to uh, run through our mini monsters clinic today and just to see their enthusiasm and enjoyment of American football is is a great thing to see and you know just the growth and interest of the game continues to grow but it really starts with them.
1: How have you found the kids have taken to it? It looks as though there's a lot of uh, they suddenly seem to be throwing themselves into these crash mats for sure.
0: Absolutely you know we believe that if given the opportunity to play the game if given the opportunity to experience mini monsters uh, the kids are going to have a great time so no matter where we go in the world uh, kids are kids fun is fun and that's what we're seeing here today we're seeing and just a lot of excitement, a lot of them uh, just learning the game and really understanding that they already have a lot of the skills that they need to play the game. It's really just a matter of having the opportunity to practice the skills that are specific to American football.
1: I was just saying to Sean Gale there, you guys are putting the fun into fundamentals here and it's exactly what these kids are doing, the noise, the energy. Again, it must make it a great day at the office for you.
0: Absolutely. This is this is exactly, you know, what what we want to come out here for, uh, you know, to watch the kids You know, really enjoy the game and really that's the way that um, if they have a great first experience uh, with the game of American football that's how their interest is going to continue to maybe go on to play flag football and really just continue because we believe that American football could be a lifelong skill you know we see adults playing flag football we see uh, boys girls men women playing the game we really believe that it's accessible and inclusive for everybody Um, and there's just so many health benefits to being active and getting out there which is the second part of our messaging here right it's not just about introducing the game but really just re. Enforcing that it's important to exercise 60 minutes a day. It's important to put you know healthy foods into your body so that you know you're able to enjoy a lifelong of uh, health and wellness.
1: I should be out there running around myself then, rather than standing here with a microphone in my hand. Um, but this is obviously an opportunity to help grow Bears fans of the future as well. That's an important part of this. And like you say, this is not just an introduction to NFL. This is for some an introduction to the Chicago Bears.
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, to see the kids out here in our navy and orange to see them out there in our colours and for them to associate their first experience as a fun and exciting one and for them to associate that experience with the Chicago Bears is exactly what we want to see, you know, they're going to be out in the community wearing those shirts and really representing the Chicago Bears and we believe they're going to be uh, fans for life of American football and of the Chicago Bears
1: Well listen, I'll let you get back, these kids obviously still working through their drills, it's brilliant to see, it's lovely to have you in Scotland we can't wait to see you back here again soon Gustavo, lovely to meet you.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much for time tonight. Brilliant
1: to hear from him. And again, the passion came through for the two of them brilliantly on the day. I think a really significant thing here is we've talked about this before. When there was the announcement about the market regions that the NFL were doing, I think at the time it felt a little bit, I don't know, confusing to us not on the inside understanding what the goal was as to why they were segmenting areas of the world in this way and putting a number of teams in. But having seen the sheer level of effort, that the bears were able to do because they've got the uk market it starts to make a bit more sense and the strategy and the approach to what they're trying to do here is clear gordon this is an opportunity for the bears to build a fan base a new fan base in the uk there's a whole load of people of a certain age about my age who um are bears fans because the bears were good in the 80s and sort of the beginning of the 90s um there's been a period of time where they've just not been the hot topic team. And therefore, there's probably a a bit of a gap in the middle there. This is an opportunity for the Bears to come and establish by investing in the UK and in the youth to build the Bears fans in the UK of the future.
2: And if you think about what they have just now, like whether or not Justin Fields winds up being a franchise quarterback or not, in the next two years, he's probably going to have a whole bunch of exciting plays. So if you've got bunch of young kids who are you know they're maybe not going to watch it weekly they're going to catch some highlights even there after having that experience with the bears at this event they're going to see this bears quarterback who they've seen on the side of a van you know probably breaking off 50 60 70 80 yard runs next year so stuff like that matters because it's just easy ways to hook people and catch them that's the it's definitely the thing that got me into the sport was the kind of razzmatazz and excitement and the, the kind of way that everything is so big. Um So I think stuff like that is a big, is a big opportunity. I think any, and you can see now the NFL, the way they're doing this in various different markets, they know that this is the way to grow, um, grow across the world.
3: I'm not going to betray any confidences here. And, and maybe this is just more like informed speculation, but, there's a lot of people from the Bears organization who are around these these camps, and they're not speaking on the record, but you get a, a sense from them, you get a sense from them that they see a window opening for them very soon. Um, and they're absolutely determined to grab it, exploit it as much as they can, because let's be honest, 32 teams, how often does that window for success, for growth, for growing your popularity come along? And it's been a long time, a comically long time for some of us. Um and if we were to speculate, you would think that because they've been given the UK uh, as their market, because they've been doing this, this, this isn't the first year that they've been doing this. It's the second or third. It, you, you'd imagine there's going to be a London game or two coming up as well. And then that's their point to strike and absolutely solidify what they've been starting to
1: build in the country. Absolutely. Make no mistakes. The bear bashing will recommence once Charles Patterson returns from his holidays. There's no way we would have had this positive conversation with him here tonight. However, absolutely. I think the biggest takeaway for me is the passion of the kids, the fact the bears that have invested. And like you say, the people involved with this spoke so positively. We're so excited about having this opportunity to do it. Let's hope they do more of it. And to be honest, again, they didn't tell us anything. But the vibe you got was this is the first event for these kids of many, uh, and I think that's really exciting for young NFL fans in the UK, that there's going to be opportunities to engage with a team like this. Like, I, I said that myself, if something like this had been around when I was young, I would have been all over it. I remember I went to a, I went to a football uh, Easter camp and got trained by a guy that played for Easterland, and I thought it was the best thing that had ever happened to me. You know, just like, what? Uh, but at that point, you're just so into these things. You embrace it, you engage it. And that, that memory stuck with me. I remember, I couldn't tell you his name, but I remember he played for East Stirling because I was like, oh my God, this is East Stirling. a proper footballer. <laughs> um, so for these kids to have spent time with a Super Bowl winner, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, long may it continue. And we here at Stramash will do anything we can to support them. So hopefully if they're listening in, hear the message. We're here, folks. We'll help where we can. <laughs> But that moves us on because one of the things that we do try and do here is we want to build a community. And this is something, as we come into our sixth NFL season, we have tried to build a community of fans in Scotland that enjoy watching American football together. And this is one of the benefits of this sport is, unlike some of the sports in Scotland, is you can easily sit with people of all teams in the same room, enjoy the same game, and watch any game and enjoy it. Because we're fans of the sport, first, the teams become secondary, uh, and ultimately, we want to get together and enjoy it. So a couple of things to just tell people about. First of all, we've made the decision to launch a Patreon. Now, this is something that we haven't done so far. However, there's a couple of reasons for this. Obviously, you know, the cost of living crisis gets thrown around all the time, but it costs a fair amount of money to run these podcasts. And the thing is, the cost of that means that we've never had the opportunity to really do more with our events. Um What we're trying to do here is build this community and get people to come and be part of the team and help us. It's a small token repayment that we have put on there. It's pretty much as small as we could do, really, similar to what we've done with our live events to date. It's about people who want to come and be part of it. We are gonna post this up on our Twitter, so make sure that you check it out. If you'd like to join the community, please do so. What do you get for it though? Because that's ultimately, we're not just asking for stuff, we're giving something back. So we're inviting people in. Uh, we want people to get a little bit behind the scenes. The one thing that's perhaps most important to us is our podcast will remain free. That will always be the case. We may do some other stuff on the Patreon. There, We might do an exclusive Pish Chat. Before the season starts, just for that audience, but the podcast will remain as they are. Uh, The Patreon group will get behind the scenes. They'll get some extra little bits of content from some of the pods, perhaps. Um, We'll also be inviting them into community groups. Uh, I'm going to set up a WhatsApp group and get everyone in there. There might well be a Fantasy League. uh, Other things going on there as well. They will get first access to our events. They will get input to all of the episodes. And actually, we will be talking some talking points that have been submitted by the Patreons that have already signed up. So do come, please join us. Come and join the Stramash team. We'd love to welcome you in. It is doors open. You're going to come in and enjoy it. Uh, and guys, it's great because when we do these live events, it's brilliant to chat to the people that listen to the pod, that engage. Uh, and we love getting all the feedback when we've done the podcast, the peshcasts and all these sorts of things. We love the fact that there's a community here. And we want to embrace that more.
3: A big point, and it's one that's lost on uh, Elon Musk recently, um, is that we are not suddenly going to be charging for something that you already get, right? Yes. What what we provide just now, everyone still has access to it, and we're still going to continue growing this community in that way. This is extra. This is more we want to bring more people inside the fold because, you know, what better way to build on it? We're, we're probably already shaped so much by our listeners and by the feedback that they give us and the things that they like and the things that they don't like so much. Some of the things they don't like so much, sadly, will stick with us, but that's just in, ingrained, unfortunately.
1: Um, those a core part this is- of this
3: podcast. We can't pan <laughs> them, no matter what anybody says. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's it. And 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 you know what? The, the, the Patreon side of it, that, that can be developed through these people as well. What do you want? Come and talk to us. Let us know. Um and just you know join us and help us grow because it, it feels like this is just the start. I mean we've been going for a while now, but it does feel like we're just we're really just getting on to
2: something. I think though no, 200 sign-ups and we kicked Paul out of the podcast. Be fair. <laughs> <laughs> also, John, I'll, also be,
1: I'll that yep, yeah, I'll buy into that. That's done. I <laughs> consider it done.
2: Also, Cameron, given your pronunciation of player names, how have you got patreon correct like the
1: i have said this, patreon rather than patreon i, I never
2: yeah. the, the amount of times in my head that i go patron no it's not <laughs> it's just it's not it doesn't uh, the, the way i read it doesn't work so well done that's good good pronunciation gordon this
1: is a start of a new season i'm a changed man i've spent the off-season uh doing mouth exercises uh and Pardon listening me? to other people say the words you've, right you've, so, spent,
2: you've spent the off-season doing what
1: word exercises <laughs> it's not what you said I don't know, what did I say? Mouth exercises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Fine. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Patreon. Now, one of the things that we've already told that group, they got exclusive uh, information about this, is our first live event of this season. Now, typically, we do something for week one at the Golf Tavern. This year... We've been thrown a little bit of a curveball because week one lands at the exact same time as the Rugby World Cup. And Scotland are playing on the same afternoon as the week one NFL. Now, the Golf Tavern is massively rammed for every single rugby game. And I tell you what, go along and watch because it's a great place to watch rugby. So we've made the decision that we're going to pause on our week one live event in Edinburgh and we're going to move it to slightly later in the season. More information on that. We're just trying to dot some I's and cross some T's on the exact date on that one. However, we can give some information and there's more to follow. But right now we can confirm. Our first event uh, for the 2023 season will be on week two, so the 17th of September. And will take place in Glasgow. The venue will be the brand new High tech and five star because it's bloody tremendous, Top Golf. So, we are very, very excited to be working with Top Golf. You may remember, you may have seen that we went there as a group uh, in March to have a bit of an end of season shindig. Uh, and in doing so, we kind of fell in love with the place. And we've been chatting to the guys there who've been really up for this. And we're really excited to say that we're going to be doing a live event. Event at Top Golf on the 17th of September in Glasgow. Now, what does it, this mean? It's going to be a little bit more expensive than our usual event, but there's a reason for that because we are going to do a live event kicking off uh, around 10 to be absolutely firm down, but probably about half four. So I think it'll be doors open at four. Event starts at half four. There'll be giveaways. Of course, we'll have Stromash Loch Lomond whiskey to be given away. Top Golf have donated a prize that's a banging prize as well. There'll be other stuff as ever. There'll be guests. We've already got a former American football player lined up to attend. Um, and then at six o'clock, Red Zone will be on in the area that we're in. We've got a dedicated area. The live games will be on the screens as well. But if you know Top Golf, there's basically it's driving range, but high tech is fantastic. In each booth, there are televisions. Every booth will be available to play on the entire night. We're talking seven hours because they are open until Red Zone finishes. So it can go into what? Let's be honest, six and a half hours because it's probably half 12. It can go to one. Um, They will be open for the duration. And you can play in the booths the entire time. Just to set the context, these booths are usually £40 an hour. You're going to get that for at least six. And you can just play as much as you want. All the time, Red Zone's on, audio's on, Scott Hansen chatting to you, giving you the updates, footage on the screens and their big screens, and playing at top golf as well. I am very excited about this, guys. I think this is going to be something really special.
2: Seven hours of commercial-free driving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Chris Ria.
2: This is going to be class, by the way. Like that. The the time we went and we were there for I think like two hours it was brilliant, um, but like just the fact that we're going to be able to sit there for six hours after after the event, get some beers in, play some golf while Red Zone's on, it's class. So it's also <laughs> it's so it's so good that uh, that's my birthday weekend and we're going away and I've already told Roz that on the Sunday we need to leave early so that I can get back in time for it. <laughs> So, so it, it it went down better than I expected not perfectly but it went down better than expected.
3: So we're going to sorry. sorry. I, think this is, I just think it's going to be phenomenal. you like it, It's like a high-tech driving range just gamified as well so like you're competing with guys and as we all found out um you don't have to actually be able to strike a golf ball particularly far um to, for this for it to be like an amazing fun Game and I mean we played two games I think and how many more could you have gone? It felt like no time at all. Yeah. When you throw in red zone live games and a bunch of your mates, it's going to be incredible.
2: The food's really good there as well. Like that was my big surprise from when we went was I kind of expected the food to be all right, but the food was really nice. Tater tots are tremendous.
1: If you've ever been to a top golf in America, this is in the uk the closest thing to the american experience like it's been built with the american experience in mind if you go to the top golf center down in london they are a lot more vanilla they're great but they are way more vanilla compared to what this is um if you haven't been get along and check it out before the 17th of september to be honest because it is a great day out it's tremendous so you can have up to six people in a booth and um, but with this you know bring along with your mates you can have just three or four of you, so you get more chance to play ball. If you want a break and you just want to sit down and watch the games, you can come back in and watch the games because we've got a whole dedicated area downstairs. There's a bar upstairs as well that you can use as well. Uh, you talked about the food. The food's great. It's very American. Um, it's got everything that you'd want. Great hot dogs, tater tots, burgers, the lot. Even the bar is really well priced as well. Quite often you go to some of these sorts of things that it's a bit of a trap. They get you in and then they charge you £8 for a pint. It is nothing like that at all. It is really, really good. We're very, very excited about this. Uh, You know, we've got a capacity Uh, hopefully we're going to sell this one out. And I think this could be the first of a new tradition uh, and a new relationship with Top Golf. So listen, if you are are listening to this, if you've been to any of our live events, this is genuinely going to be another level. Get the 17th of September. I'm already going to try and book somewhere in town. I'm going to stay in Glasgow overnight um, because I'm just, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, And we hope that people travel through for it that sometimes come to Edinburgh. We know we've got people in Glasgow that come to our events as well. We hope to see you there. We'll all be there. I think, Jamie, you're already talking about bringing car loads of people through. So, you know, this is going to be banging. It's going to be a great atmosphere. So, yes. So there you go. Exclusive news. More to follow as we get into the finer details in the coming weeks. We'll let you know as soon as possible. Tickets will be on sale before the end of July. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, We will try and get them on sale in the next week or two uh i unfortunately i'm traveling again so once i've sorted that out we'll get everything sorted uh we'll get these tickets up and running uh, and we look forward to hopefully seeing you uh week two in glasgow so there you go right um we talked about the fact that we have already asked on patreon for the um the new members there to 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 decide the talking points so we've been doing an awful lot of positives so let's start on some negatives shall we because that's what this podcast is built upon a foundation of misery and <laughs> moaning <laughs> just curmudgeonly gets that we are so cameron christie one of our patrons has asked what are the opinions if any on game path game pass see i screwed up there you go all that trade in out the window, uh, and I'm going to pronounce this one because I don't know how you pronounce it. To D A Z N. I want to.
2: I want to say it's pronounced zone, but I'm not hundred percent. zone. The zone. Which for yeah. some reason you add an O before after the Z and so, an E after the N, and it
1: works. It's
3: like, it's like unlocking the next level, knowing that there's an O there that you can't see.
1: Yeah. So there's there's hit number one for them. Say your name right, or add an O. But anyway, I've not used the zone at all since Cameron to date. So not sure how good, bad, middling their platform is. Lauren Callahan has also got a follow-up to this because he's asked a very similar thing. He says, Do you think the NFL should return Game Pass to the US version, which is now NFL Plus, instead of shortchanging the international fans, both in the past five years with Game Pass International and now with switching to the Zone? Also, thoughts on the latest ticket allocation farce for the NFL International series will come back. to that one let's talk about the game pass first of all guys have you actually had the chance to look at this
2: i've tried it a little bit um i didn't find it massively different from game pass um what annoyed me was i was trying to get in to see if i have already paid for this and if i don't want to need to request a refund or whatever but every time i went into my account I clicked on it, it just said we're currently having an error, and it wouldn't actually show me what my account information was. That was rather annoying. However, what I will say is is I don't think Game Pass had all of Super Bowl 35 when the Ravens beat the Giants. And the zone the zone's version does. So I watched half of that the other night, and I think I'll watch the other half later this week.
1: That is a niche positive, but we'll take it nonetheless. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, but it
2: it worked similarly. Like the big thing for me is going to be what happens in season. So in season, will I get game and forty? Will I coach's film? I don't. I don't know. So
1: there is no game and forty option on there right now.
2: No, but that's what I mean. Right, but right Any now of the games is like,
1: that were that were from last year.
2: Yeah, but that that might just be a right now thing. Like if they if they have them in season, great. Don't care. If they don't have them in season, I'm going to be raging because. I'm too old for every Sunday, Monday and Thursday night football. So like I really quite enjoy Monday mornings, Tuesday mornings, Friday mornings, sitting down with my coffee for 40 minutes, watching the games. So I'll be pretty upset if that's not the case.
1: So you've hit on the biggest issue for me as well, um, because I have tried to find out if they are going to have in 40 and I can see no information to say that they will. I can see no information to say that it's only a subset of features that are available right now. Um, and also they've talked about everything being available from last year, but that's not the case because you can't watch game in 40 for any game last year, but you can watch highlights and extended highlights and the full game. Now, the extended highlights are still not massive. Um, it's definitely not the same as the in 40. And no, like you, the, the extended that's...
2: highlights aren't good. They're not, I don't like them no. at all. It's like you seven don't get minutes. context. I don't want that.
1: You don't get context, you see flashpoints. Uh, And for me as well, I just don't have the time to watch all those games. So N40 for me is a great opportunity to see everything that goes on. Uh, And don't get me wrong, you still lose some of the context. You don't see what sometimes happens after some of the penalties and things like that, some injuries and, and what have you. But you still get a feel for the game. You get a feel for the flow and how things have actually panned out, which puts you in a position where you feel coming onto podcasts like this, you can actually talk about it. Do you cannot do that from five minute highlights. there's just no way, so it's a it's a resource that I've used heavily um and I'll be even more poorly informed next year if that's gone away. The other thing as well, it doesn't look like you can download anymore which
2: uh, yeah download. I mean that like that would be useful for flights and stuff like that, but to be honest, like I from from September until January, I don't really leave my flat. So the download option doesn't really help me a whole lot, if I'm being honest.
1: So, download for me was really useful uh, if traveling to uh, London on a Friday for the international games. Download the Thursday night football, watch it on the train, don't even have to worry about it. Happy days. Uh, so, not a feature I use a huge amount, but I did use from time to time. However, for the same price, we're paying the same price. Uh, if, if you're losing features, that's not a good place to be. You want your product to be an improvement, not a downgrade. And fine, we've got stability issues, but we don't know whether Dazon's actually any better here or not. They obviously show other content, WWE and bits and pieces like that, but it's a bit of an unknown quantity. Have you used it, Jamie, at all?
3: I've always been sparingly for a bit of boxing. I'm aware of them as a company. I've been really trying to kind of get a foothold in the UK market. I know they're quite... Uh, heavily involved in attempting to take over bt sport so that side of it excites me because they, you know that they, they do want to get more traction in the uk that means that they could start sort of tailoring things towards our market um, but uh, in terms of what their platform is capable of all i know is that they're 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 very heavily involved in ppv so uh, it's it's Seems unlikely to me that the NFL would allow them to to uh, PPV individual games. You know, yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be going to be them it's going to be them that this that decides the subscription model. So uh, that's new territory for me. So I'm, I'm really I'm really not sure exactly how that will pan out.
1: So I definitely feel reserved as we stand. And I think we need to see exactly what the offering is. A similar story to you, though, Gordon. Went in to check my auto-renew information to see if I could cancel it. And I cannot. So <laughs> at the moment, I am stuck into auto-renew because I can't actually access my account. The one other thing that's a bit of a problem for me is their customer support is only available from 1 p.m. in the U.K. onwards. So if you've got an issue before 1 o'clock, there's nobody there to help you. So if you get up on a Tuesday morning, 9 o'clock, you've got your... Your shreddies, nah, you're a, you're an all-brand man, let's be honest. You've got your all-brand with your banana, you've got your semi-skimmed milk in it, uh, you've got your black coffee. Uh, you try and access the Ravens game, you get an error. You can't everyone,
3: access everyone it. knows if you you you're trying to anyone. call a if you're trying to call a call center in the UK about a problem, then lunchtime's the time you can definitely get through right away. No problem. <laughs>
1: absolutely uh, so yeah listen uh, it's too early to say we've got reservations let's see what comes and let's see if i can cancel more or renew or whether i'm going to be stuck with it for another year so yeah um johnny bailey asks what are our thoughts on the new kickoff rule so before I, we hang get on, into hang that on though,
2: was there not a second lauren callahan question
1: oh there was uh, the thoughts of the latest ticket allocation farce for the nfl international series both in the uk and germany
2: so I didn't, I didn't attempt because I had um, season tickets from last year that were rolling over, so I didn't have to go into that thing. But I did see, like, Germany, it was something like 1.3 million people in the queue and stuff like that. Um, and then there were reports, again, of, like, stuff being listed for resale straight away, which...
1: Yeah, and there was.
2: It's rubbish. That That's the part, like, I said this to you guys in the chat, I am... And after what I paid for hospitality tickets for Taylor Swift next summer, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not getting into the ticket price discussion because I'm a hypocrite at this point in time. Um, But the resale market is just garbage. Like I've resold tickets before and it's very easy to just resell resell them at the price you paid and shit. Like you're then not being a dick. It shouldn't, yep. be a, it shouldn't be a business model to buy tickets that other people want and then sell them for a higher price. Like no, the, the artist doesn't get extra money at that point. All that stuff is just nonsense. So that that's the part that's just bollocks. And I refuse to believe in 2023 that we don't it's, have the technology yeah. to like ban IP addresses when they do stuff like that. I've
3: to have a, just an hour-long discussion it's even, about like capitalism now, if that's yeah, okay. Yeah. I feel like we need, we need Ian and Paul on for that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Paul, he, 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 Ian really against it, Paul the lone voice standing up for late-stage capitalism in the corner.
3: <laughs> Hear me out, guys.
1: Um, capitalism's okay as long as it's fair. Right, we'll move on. Um, that's What I did see and I thought was really interesting is those people sharing tweets with us uh, of screenshots where there was they were in a queue with 300,000 people in front of them and they still managed to get a ticket. Now, that's a sixty-two, three, four thousand 3,000, 4,000-seater stadium. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm not Googling it. Um, but a lot of that is already taken by season tickets. So you can imagine, I would have, well, let's roughly say there's 15,000 seats, tickets available. If there's 300,000 people in the queue in front of you, and they're still able to buy tickets when they get to the top of that queue, there's either a lot of people not interested, very particular about the seats they're going to get, or there's a shit ton of bots. And again, you'd like to I've think got they've got a way to tackle that.
3: I've got quite a complex, multi-layered, and almost esoteric opinion on this, and that's that those numbers are fucking made up.
2: That's that's exactly where I was going to go. Hundred <laughs> percent. They just they assign you a number, and it, but it's a fake number, and it's like, oh, there you are. Then then you get to the front, and that's it.
1: Oh, actually, that's great. very good because it looks like we've dealt with three hundred thousand people in the last twenty minutes. When actually, in reality, I mean, I, we've dealt with about ten. I, yeah.
2: I, I do believe that that number of people register, but I think they probably just throw a bunch of numbers out there and
1: then. There you go. Well, shade being thrown, but yeah, it's still a farce. There's something needs to be done. It's, it's for me. It's even you're saying about IPs. It's a real easy way for the NFL to be able to look and see the people that are selling those tickets right away, take the tickets back off them. Give them a refund. Say, there's your money back. This is not in line with the rules. Thanks, but no thanks. See you later. Um, and then you lose your money. It's just, th- th- that can't be that hard. Now, there's not a lot you can do about people selling on like, well, I've got tickets on Twitter and stuff like that. But if you're buying off people on Twitter, make sure you know the person. I say that to someone. I've sold tickets to people on Twitter Um, and I'm a very trustworthy source. I would say I've got a 100% satisfaction from my customers so far. I always sell at cost price, never this, higher, never more. This
2: now, this now sounds like you're about to start selling your tickets to Wembley.
1: I've got two Frankfurt. tickets available for Jacksonville Jags uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. If anyone is interested, please send me a DM. Uh, I unfortunately cannot make that game. So I do have two tickets available. Um, Another like little like reading out your LinkedIn to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Another little uh, exciting thing that I've totally glossed over that i forgot about until we just started talking about tickets. We've got two tickets to the two Spurs games. These would be, um, these would be my season tickets. <laughs> these would be Gordon's season tickets. And Gordon is very kindly denying these for us to give away on this podcast. So this is something else that we'll be doing sooner rather than later because, um, yeah, we want to make sure that people can get these early enough that they know they're going and they can book their accommodation, their travel, what have you. Stay tuned for that. But we're going to give people an opportunity to win. Um, Quite exciting. You know, these are much sought after tickets. So it's very generous of you, Gordon. We've not even offered them to the wider team. And normally we do that. Jamie's sitting there absolutely spitting feathers, going, prex, we could offer them to me. I would have taken them. Um, <laughs> so last question. Oh, no, penultimate question, because we skipped Johnny's. I'm not skipping Johnny Bailey's. Johnny Bailey asks about the new kickoff rule. So before we discuss it, Gordon, can you recap what the new kickoff rule is?
2: So the basis of it is that uh, now, if you take a fair catch from a kickoff anywhere inside your own 25 yards, um, you get the ball at the twenty-five yard line. So before they changed the rule a few years ago, and if it was a touchback, you got it at the twenty-five instead of the twenty, which was to encourage people to not run it out of the end zone, which worked to a point. They're now making it for at least a year that you can. So if you if you're going to catch the ball at the three yard line, you can take a fair catch. And you get the ball at the twenty-five. And so like that, returning the ball out of the end zone, most of the time you're not going to get to the 25. So it is beneficial, unless it's like a kickoff that goes to the 20, at which point you should return it. It is probably beneficial to, to take that.
1: What is the driver behind this change? Is it safety?
2: Player safety. Um. The, so I'm looking at an article just now, and Rich Mackay from the NFL's competition committee, the the modeling f- says that the kickoff return rate will drop from 38% to 31%, and the concussion rate will drop by 15% due to that. Also, like, I, th- I think people are going to make a big deal out of this. It's not going to impact the game that much at all. And like, of all the plays that you look at and you're like, oh yeah, we need to try and do something about player safety here, like kickoffs are one of the most vicious versions of it. i I've played very fl- very few full-kitted plays of American football in my life. I played for the Paisley Pyros in college. And uh the very first kickoff.
1: No Pyro no Paisley.
2: No Pyro no Paisley, that's like,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. um the very first kickoff. I looked back, I saw a guy catch the ball. And I turned around, and I started jogging forward, getting ready to block. And I just saw this guy running at me from about 30 yards away. And he just like lowered and just helmet under chin. And like I, I don't think I, I don't think I was out cold. I just remember like going flying back and looking up at the sky. And it's just of all the things in the game, like it's not that necessary, to be honest. Um, and I just I know. So many of us, when we started watching the sport, it was like the big hits and stuff like that that get everyone excited and all that stuff. We just we know an awful lot more now than we did five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And those kind of hits lead to shorter careers, lives, all that stuff. So, you know, we criticised the NFL for... In fact, we did criticise them for a lot of the Tua stuff last year, whereby they didn't do enough for concussion things. So this isn't really going to change my enjoyment of the game that much because you're you're still going to get a handful of kickoff return for touchdowns and that's it. And if it reduces concussion rate by 15%, then probably helps out a bit.
1: Jamie, are we circling the drain of just scrapping kickoffs altogether, do you think? Like, is this a precursor to doing that and making that decision easier? Or do you think this is genuinely trying to keep that explosive element but just adding a, a lot more safety to it?
3: I guess they need to do it bit by bit, don't they? If this if this does lead to less concussions, then they can say, right, okay, maybe we find the happy medium. If it doesn't, or or it only reduces them a certain amount, and it's still at a level that they don't find acceptable, then maybe we we inch closer to scrapping
2: kickoffs. I um, I don't think they'll scrap them, but I think so. I think the only reason why they've not done this already is because they're stubborn. If they want to keep kickoffs in the game and reduce concussions by even more than 15%, you just go with the XFL's one. The XFL's one is that so the people on the kickoff team are actually already in the opposing half. They're like five yards away from the returning team, but no one's allowed to move until the ball's caught. So mm. a lot of that running and impact that happens because the ball's in the air for a good four or five seconds doesn't exist. Effectively, then what happens, and in in a lot of ways, it becomes more exciting because a kickoff then almost becomes just a running play because no one can move in within that five-yard thing until that ball's touched. So I think that's where they'll end up in the future.
1: And the XFL one's interesting. You minimize the momentum and you cut concussions um, by doing that cleanly. You still keep the capability and there's been some touchdowns scored from kickoffs in the XFL. It's not been a huge amount. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, we're not going to see the same thing for punting because the punting is such an important part to be able to pin a team in on the one yard line. It's a massive part of the game. Like all- Kickoffs don't achieve that like yeah. unless there's a ma- massive blunder by somebody. It's so- also
2: like the mechanisms are different, right? Because they, on punts, they line up directly next to each other. So like there can be an element of like big, you know, long-winded run into for blocks, but it's nowhere near the same as it is on kickoffs mm-hmm. because a lot of that stuff happens at the line of scrimmage, all that stuff. And generally speaking, if a if a player is close to the guy trying to field the ball in a punt, he gets out of the way and, you know, there's not there's not that many, there's not the same number of big hits.
1: Indeed. Yeah, no one ever got injured playing mother, may I, but British Bulldog was brutal and you avoided it at all costs. <laughs> That's the best best analogy I can come up with. Um, So final question. Ross Taylor asks, who are you looking forward to watching in this season's rookie class? It feels like a lifetime ago, the draft now. It really wasn't that long ago, but it does feel like it. Who are the players then? As we stand right now in early July, that we're most hyped about seeing uh, what they are, who they'll be, and perhaps more significantly, the rookie season is the players are actually going to feature enough to make a difference.
2: Uh, Anthony Richardson, I just, I just really want to see, like, how it goes down, how it happens, because how soon he, how soon he starts, like, he's probably. I think he is unique. I don't think he's even similar to Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton was fast, but not as fast as he is. Although a little bit bigger and stronger. Like he's just a big guy who's really fast. Probably a better passer than Cam Newton was as well. Um, and he's going to get a play in a dome. Like I just, I it, there there is a world whereby he starts all seventeen games in the regular season and breaks Lamar Jackson's single season quarterback Russian record. I I don't think he'll start week one. I'm just saying if he does, he could break that record. So that's pretty exciting.
1: Garner Minshew's been a bit of an enigma in his time in the NFL. Like there's a lot of hype around him. A lot of hype uh, for a
2: perfectly perfectly fine backup quarterback and nothing more or fringe starter. That's what he is. Everyone he... wants him to be more than that.
1: If he pulls a Brock Purdy and goes eight games undefeated, I just wanted a, any opportunity to drop Purdy's name in But uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, if, he, if he has a great start to the season and he goes the first five or six games undefeated, do you think Richardson features at all?
2: Uh, he'll feature at some point. But, I mean, so at an absolute minimum, he should feature from week one on specific special, packages. Special like, plays, yeah. Like, like go inside the five-yard line. He should be your quarterback and just run the ball. Like it'll be very, very difficult to defend. So stuff like that, I think. So uh, yeah, that'll be it. And then the other guy is Bijan Robinson, because that offensive line's really, really good. And he's really good as well. So there's just there's an opportunity for some some special plays there.
1: Against that quarterback situation, though, do you not just stack the box ready for Bijan Robinson? Like, given mm-hmm. the lack of potential threat through the air, are you just going to see teams adjust for the run here? Mind you, Christian McCaffrey, like when he was at the Panthers, how often did they gear up uh, to deal with that uh, and they two, still couldn't? T-
2: two two players that I've mentioned, and you've somehow managed to show our 49ers into the follow-up to them. Well done. <laughs>
1: I was talking about uh, Christopher Caffey's time at the Carolina yeah, Panthers. Yeah. Where, uh, um, yeah.
2: So to your point, though, yes, but they stacked the box last year. Um, I think it's going to be quite interesting to see how Desmond Ritter develops as well, because they do have talent at receiver with Pitts and Drake London as well. So they might actually have the talent to force teams to drop a player out of the box.
1: Jamie, who are the names that you're most excited to see this year?
3: For me, it's a mixture of excitement and intrigue for the guys I'm going to mention. And as ever, it's going to be quite giant-centric because everything revolves around that for me. I'm looking forward to seeing Zay Flowers because he was Giants' number one target at wide receiver and they missed out on him. Um, and so I'm really interested to see um, is he what they thought he was. How is he going to do in that offence uh, with slightly more loaded uh wide receiver core as well. So like how did they use him? How did they utilize him? I think he's got the potential to be uh, unbelievably exciting, but how's he going to translate um in the NFL? Another one, and I think this one is because I always look out for first round picks who um fans that, not not no not the people but the pick that they hate. Um and Emmanuel Forbes got um uh the commanders got an awful lot of heat for picking him ahead of uh, a lot of corners that people had a lot higher at Gonzalez in particular. Um, And he was a guy that I thought was probably going to be dropping sort of into the mid-20s and then in the Giants range. So I look at him and he seems like a ball hawk. He's long, he's rangy, um, but he didn't seem like a guy who should be picked that high. So how's he going to... Shake out is he going to prove lots of people wrong because, um, it's interesting to see a guy who gets picked that high who's actually going out there and looking to prove people wrong and actually having a bit of a chip of it on his shoulder. Um, so those are two guys I'm going to be keeping a particular eye on.
1: Other names I'm going to throw into the mix. <laughs> Dalton?
2: Which, <laughs> Sorry. Which just, fifth round 49ers player am I? <laughs> how, how far down the draft do you need to go to find the first
1: player of the 49ers I'm sticking draft, to the right? first round for now. I'm sticking Can to the I correct first
2: round you, please. It's Dalton Kincaid. It's not Dalton Kincaid, please.
1: It's D-A-L-T-O-N. That's Dalton. Andy Dalton. It's not Andy Dalton.
2: No, no, it is Andy Dalton.
1: It, it's Dalton. It, yeah. It's Dalton. Anyway, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, I'm interested because I want to see there's been so much hype around the fact that the reason that the Bills didn't quite get over the, the top of the crest of the mountain was that uh, they didn't have that redstone threat uh, other than Josh Allen himself. So another tight end, uh, a player that we've been told is a great receiver. I think as well, the whole story around the fact that the Cowboys were going for him and the Bills snuck in there and snaffled them. Um, I think as well, if it turns out to be a great success, then it, puts heat onto Jerry Jones, and if he turns out to be a flop, then you'll what you'll see is some rather smug Cowboys fans going, ha, 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 ha Mazzy Smith was always who he wanted, uh, lying wait, to wait. us all, Did but you trying to smug, pretend. Smug Cowboys fans? I know. Yeah. I'd, 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 apparently, Apparently, they've been known to, to do it from time to time. Crazy. <laughs> um... The one other one that I'm really fascinated about is Jameer Gibbs at the Lions, just because it was such a mental pick that I'm like, what have they seen? What have they seen? Like, what, what, what? Uh, DeAndre Swift for me was, I thought, fine, injured a lot, but a really good running back. And uh, the Eagles have absolutely, I don't know what the saying is, but they've come up trumps. Um, They've won a watch. Um, by being able to pick up Swift, who was just released. So Gibbs, for me, is a really interesting one uh, in Detroit. What is he all about? Why have they gone so high? Um, Is he going to be an impact player that they think he's going to be? And if we're going to be really boring about it, because we don't do enough O-line chat, and I don't think this is really boring, I'm interested to see what Darnell Wright adds to the Bears' O-line because Justin Fields, with a good offensive line, will be a monster. He was a monster with a bad offensive line, so just imagine what he could achieve with a really good one. So how much can Darnell Wright, 10th pick overall? Um, obviously, the the Bears got a lot of picks for giving up the number one. Uh, they turned that into an offensive tackle. He's going to have to do something. So how much can that O-line improve in the season I think is a really interesting one. And I'm not just saying that because we were bigging up the bears at the top of this or because Patterson's not here. <laughs> just
2: going just going back to the Lions, like that draft is still absolutely mental. Because, <laughs> so like, and, and this, this is one of those things though whereby like... <laughs> Stuff we think and stuff we know quite often is just, it's not how NFL teams think at all. Like if you look at their draft and you look at Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch, Hendon Hooker, right? If you, if you said before the draft, the Lions are going to come out the first 68 picks of this draft, and these are going to be their five players. People would have went, it's a great, that's a great draft. That's, That's like phenomenal. But it's just the order they came out in. Like if branch had been their first... if they'd taken branch, if they'd moved down and taken branch at twelve and then Gibbs at eighteen, Campbell, then Laporta, and then you know whatever whatever order there, everyone's like, Oh, that's a really good draft. But they probably don't get those five players unless they pick them in that order, such as the way the weird thing in the NFL works. So like and especially in in my line of work, it's very easy to you know take the whole smug approach to, oh, they spent the twelfth overall pick on a running back, and then the eighteenth overall pick on a linebacker. But if you take those players, set them aside, and just say these are the five players they got in the first sixty eight picks in the draft, it's a really good draft. It just it's such a weird draft, and and if they if they hit on those players. No one will care that they reached for Gibbs and Campbell too early. They got five really good players. So
1: um the one other one I'm going to throw in as I do go a bit deeper down to this, that I think is interesting with Anthony Richardson um pick, the sort of I feel like Richardson as a player is going to be so heavily run first that his I feel like Pittman's going to take a step back, either with Minshew or with Richardson, you're just not going to see him used as much. But the boy Josh Downs that they picked up in the third round is obviously a speedy slot wide receiver that I think could come in there and make a lot of impact and see a lot of ball possession just purely because of the way that Minshew and Richardson both play. I don't think either of them are looking for a big down the field, out wide top target men. I think both of them are looking for options, maybe slightly different starting ones, but will fall back and lean heavily on the slot. And I think a player like Josh Downs is the sort of guy that could really benefit from it. I think he's the sort of guy that people and I could be completely wrong and you maybe hardly see the field, but he's the sort of guy that you take a reach on in the 16th round of your fantasy draft and he ends up getting you a touchdown every couple of weeks and he's a great player to stash. Um, he was, so I love really that good- depth.
2: He was really good at North Carolina. The only, the only thing I'll say for Michael Pittman is that he was fine last year and the Colts quarterbacks threw for 17 touchdown passes. So I don't know there's anything that Minshew and Richardson can do that would be like a genuine step back from what they had last year.
1: And I think he's, I think he's like, going to be targeted less, but they're just, I just think they're just going to be targeted
2: less. Let me, How how often was he targeted last year? Yeah, I mean, one hundred and thirty-nine targets. He's probably going to be less than that, but he's probably going to see more quality targets. I think it. I think it will wind up being a wash. But there's him. I I like Downs as well, and uh, Alec Pierce, who was the rookie last year, who's pretty pretty handy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. showed what he was capable of as well. There's I. I feel like the Colts are the most interesting one of the most interesting teams, um, coming into this for change. And how much it's going to be different. Obviously, the Jets feels like the other obvious answer to talk about there because of Roger's coming in. But the Colts genuinely feel like they've got a a huge amount of potential to really step forward. Maybe not this year, though. And I think I wonder, that's the interesting story there. Is is it going to be a year two progression more than a year one? Um, But because they were shite last year, they surely can't be worse. Um, I feel like the Jets have got the most growth potential in this season above anybody else.
2: The interesting comparison between the two of them, though, is that the Jets are in a far harder division. So, Mm. no, I don't expect the Colts to finish first in that division because the Jaguars are close enough to contend in the AFC. But the Colts probably should be second in that division. Probably good enough to be second in that division. And that means if you're second in any division, you're challenging for the seventh seed. So they they probably should be viewed as a team that could could sneak into the playoffs.
1: Final one I'm going to mention. Jake Moody taken in the third round by the San Francisco 49ers. Excited to see what he's capable of. You guys, um, th-
2: there was actually someone you guys drafted who I actually quite liked. Let me look up the draft just now and find it.
1: <laughs> one player
2: no no but I mean there was a few but um, Jair Brown the Penn State safety good player Uh, we need
1: safety cornerback remains the issue in San Francisco cornerback and quarterback
2: I take Um, it back that is the only player I like that you guys drafted even uh, even (laughs) even with just the ability to just throw some darts Uh, (laughs) that was a yeah
1: slim Pickens. that was was a draft all worth it for Christian McCaffrey (laughs) I'd do it all again, twice. We'll not talk about Trey Lance and the fact that we gave up most of it for him. Just, we'll we'll forget that. So any other news items that we want to talk about? I have checked Ian Rappaport's Twitter feed because it is the traditional thing to do whilst we're recording to make sure we've not missed out on anything exciting. It's not really the time of year where anything happens. There's nothing there. Fine. It's just It's just a dead time for news. It is a dead time for news, but you know what? We've announced some stuff. We've got our patches. Yes. Get in there and check it out. We've got our week two live event at Top Golf. Honestly, so excited about this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a night to remember. Historic. Um, make sure you get it booked in and that you come along and join us because it's going to be brilliant. We will continue to do a podcast every couple of weeks through July. We'll really kick things off in August as we start to build up. We'll start off with our previews, as we always do. We start looking forward to the NFL season. It really isn't that far away. It's scary how quickly it comes around now. But anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back again very soon. Bye for now.